on assignment this week. He'll be back with us next week. Uh, the BeerCast is brought to you by Freehouse Beer in downtown Minneapolis. And uh, for this segment, uh, we're going to be talking with uh, with John from Blacklist Artisan Ales up in the Duluth area. But uh, the next three segments of the show will all be on location at the Freehouse. So stick around. We're going to get into some great conversations, great discussions with all the awesome folks at the Freehouse. Talk about their beer, their food, and how awesome and smart they are for sponsoring a fine program like this which is what you should tell them when you go to the free house and enjoy all of their amazing food and beer but joining us now john loss from uh blacklist artisan ales good how you doing man i'm doing very well good uh good uh, good to talk with you thank you for uh, making some time and joining us on the show today you guys have some uh some pretty exciting news. You've uh, you've uh, you've won a few awards. Why don't you tell us uh, about uh, about what you guys got recognized for here? Okay, yeah, we uh, recently won some Can Can awards, which are it's a uh, it's a uh, awards that are offered by some can manufacturers, uh, specifically around uh, canned craft beers. Uh, we took a gold home for our Belgian or de Belgique, and we took silver home for our uh, Imperial Stout and Classic Wit. That's awesome. So the Can Can Awards, they're specifically focused on canned craft beers. Why? I mean, what, uh, what, what, what is, is there something unique, different, you know, that, uh, that, that, that goes into, you know, putting a fine craft beer into a can that, that sets it apart? Is there, I was confused by this award when I first saw it. When I first saw it, I was like, is it for like can art? But no, it's specifically for beer that goes in cans. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a promotional tool from the can industry. Uh, for the longest time, you know, I don't think it's uh, in people's mind now, but for the longest time, People just thought, you know, canned beer tastes funny or yeah. whatnot. Um, what they're trying to exemplify now is that cans are actually one of the ideal ways to get beer. You know, it can't get skunked. Uh, the yep. carbonation is controlled. Uh, Cost-wise, it's a, a good option uh, compared to the weight of shipping glass and whatnot. So I, I think, you know, it's the whole award and the whole structure is just trying to make sure that people understand, which I think they do quite clearly now, that some really good craft beers can come in cans. I was it was about I want to say around 3 years ago I think when I felt like cans were really started to make the comeback. It was it wasn't long after we started doing this show when at least when I noticed that more and more beers were being sold in cans, good beers, beers that I enjoyed, beers that I like were being made available in cans and I was really I, I was really grateful because you're right. I mean for a long time that was sort of the conventional wisdom. Like good beers in bottles, bad beers in cans. It really was kind of that simple. Uh you know, if it was a good beer, they wouldn't put it in a can. They would they would, they would make sure to put it in a bottle. But uh but that is, I mean that, that was really backwards thinking. Yeah, you know, for us up here in Duluth, uh the ability to bring cans uh camping or uh, out and about and, and not have the extra weight of empty bottles, uh, for, for your outdoor adventures and whatnot. It's just a great idea to ha- be able to have the accessibility of camp. Talking with, uh, John Loss from, uh, Blacklist Artisan Ales up in Duluth. All right, let's run through these, uh, these beers that, that won some awards for you. Your gold medal winner, I'm going to butcher this and I apologize, but the Or, Or de Belgique? Yep, Or de Belgique. Uh, All right. Kind of a French Flemish for, uh, gold of, Bel- of Belgium. 
Uh, you know, a lot of people have difficulty with the name, so we refer to it as ODB quite frequently. All right. I like that. And uh, tell us about this beer. Uh, well, it's a strong Belgian golden style. It's uh, of our original styles that we had come out with uh, in bottles, but kind of uh, revamped to, to, to fit the can market a little bit more. So it comes in at about 7.5%. It's a very simple bill, and it's malt build. It's straight-out Pilsner malt. Um, most of the character comes from the yeast strain. You know, a good Belgian yeast strain gives a lot of fruity flavors, a little bit of spiciness in there, too. Um, so it's a it's a pretty good uh, example and uh, entry-level uh, kind of Belgian beer, a good way to get people uh, into Belgian beers. Uh, we use it quite frequently to convert folks that uh, say they like white wine but don't like beer, but we give them this beer, and they go, oh, okay, I like that. <laughs> And your uh, your two silver winners. We'll start with the uh, the classic wit. Tell us about that beer. Well, a classic wit is a you know a Belgian beer, which uh, is a wheat beer. Uh, on the German uh, you know on the German side, you'd have your hefeweizen. Hef- on your Belgian side, you have your wit beers, um, made with toasted coriander and orange peel. Mm-hmm. Uh, really good summer beer. Uh, wheat beers are traditionally uh, summer beers, but we like to serve it year round, uh, just because. It's a not super well-represented style uh, in the market in terms of year-round presence. So we do keep ours year-round. Nice. Um, but it's a great summer beer, uh, nice kind of creamy mouthfeel. Um, you know, if you haven't had a good, fresh, uh, local wheat beer, you should definitely give that a try because it's definitely a different experience than a, a lot of the uh, the, the mass-produced wheat beers. I uh, I agree one hundred percent. Wheat beers aren't 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 my are my per- personal go-to. You know, for 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 my palate. Um, but if I am going to drink them, I I always seek them out fresh. There's there is there is really such a nice difference uh, in 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 a fresh wheat or a fresh hef uh, as opposed to you know something that's been in a bottle for you know for for however long and shipped across the country. Uh, the fresher, the better, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, for wheat beers, I would 100% agree with you. Yeah. And uh, your last silver winner, it just says it just says dark. I can pronounce that. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, you know, uh, we don't, not all of our names have to be fancy, right? <laughs> right, so, exactly. Sorry, it, uh, <laughs> you know, it describes what it is. Um, so the the recipe our, our brewer base set off of, back in the day when uh, Guinness was starting to export a little bit more to the mainland, the Belgians kind of thought, hey, well, let's uh, let's get in on this. Uh, stout game, so they kind of developed a tradition of of their type of imperial stout. Um, so our brewer kind of did some research and figured out what what Belgians were making more or less in response to export Guinness, and that's what we've been focusing on. So it comes across as eight. The typical Guinness you find now is actually a pretty low alcohol beer, yeah. but back in the day when they were doing exporting, it was a higher alcohol beer. Um, uh, tried to tried to dry it out a bit but it still has a, a residual sweetness because of a decent amount of uh uh dark malts and whatnot and uh comes across as a very pleasant lighter drinking imperial stout that's awesome well congratulations i mean three awards at these uh at these can can awards that's that's fantastic way to represent minnesota nicely done sir well, thank you. Uh, you while, while we got you, we don't get a chance to talk to our to our uh, our friends up in Duluth all that often on this show. What uh, what what do you guys got going on there, at Blacklist, or you know, just in Duluth overall? I know All Pints North is coming up. Well, yeah, All Pints North is coming up here at the end of July, uh, July twenty eighth. Uh, you know, that's our big guild event up here. It's 
It's uh, probably my favorite uh, uh, beer festival of the, of the years. You know, it helps. It's in our backyard. Yeah. Um, and then you go to All Pines and then come to the after party at Blacklist. We'll have Nookie Jones from Cities uh, coming up. Last time they were up, they rocked. So we uh, got them again for this event. And, you know, come on up to All Pines and come to Blacklist for the after party. <laughs> I like that. Uh, for, the, for people that haven't been here, or I'm sorry, haven't been to uh, All Pines, um, you know, it, 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 I, including myself, I have yet to make it up for an All Pines North. Uh, you know, t- tell people a little bit about that uh, about that festival and why they should consider making the trip up from the cities. Well, it is one of the guild events, and the guild events, you know, they they emphasize on the breweries themselves being there with a little more prominence. Um, it's a, it's, you know, for us, it's kind of the the party we host at. So um, ourselves, Ben Pal, Hoops. Uh, you know, uh, all of us kind of up here uh, consider this our, our party to host. So we put a little extra effort in, make it a little fancier. It's uh, at the Bayfront Park area here in Duluth, um, which is in its own right a really uh, fun park. It has a nice kind of pavilion right over the lake. Uh, you know, you get to see the boats kind of come in and out. Uh, but the variety of beers that people kind of bring out for the guild events is, is uh, special. Uh, they they put a little extra effort for us, so you'll get a lot of unique beers, a lot of infusions that don't exist on the broader scope. Uh, so it's a good way to get your hands on some unique beers. It's good good uh, time to come up and see the North Shore while you know the summer is nice and warm. Yeah, and, man, so uh, it's so beautiful up there. Cold, but, <laughs> you know, at least the weather's warm. <laughs> yeah, it really is beautiful. All Pines North uh, coming up on July twenty eighth at the Bayfront Festival Park. If you go to uh, MN Craft Brew dot org that'll take you to the website where you can get all that information and uh thanks john from a blacklist uh, for joining us and congratulations again on uh, getting recognized with those awesome awards thanks for having me all right man we'll talk to you soon all right coming up on the uh, beer cast we are going to take the show on location to the free house downtown minneapolis we're going to talk about their beers we're going to talk about their food we're going to enjoy their lovely patio so stick around this is the minnesota beer cast twin cities news talk am 1130 celebrate independence day by saving big money during menards fourth of july sale incorporate the natural beauty and durability of genuine western red cedar lumber into your next project western red cedar is naturally resistant to rot and decay. It's easy to cut and can be stained or painted. Right now, all Western Red Cedar Lumber is on sale. Because he's not here at the Freehouse in downtown Minneapolis. I am Drew. Mark Opdahl from Chop Liver Productions. Welcome. Thanks for having me, buddy. Yeah, yeah man. Decided to pop on down here. Yeah, yeah. Well, Schmitty was out of town, so I figured it was a good time to come say hi. You're understudy. You're like Schmitty's understudy. Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're playing the role of uh, Schmitty for these last few segments here at the Freehouse will be Mark from Chop Liver. Good to see you, bud. Thanks for yeah, coming thanks down. Thanks for having me. It's summertime. Good so, time to be uh, at the Freehouse. Right? I mean, there aren't too many better places. No, to spend not at all. Summer afternoon, uh, we are at the free house in downtown Minneapolis. We have, we have uh, Matt Asai, Alex Doring, uh, sort of uh, head brewer managers. Matt Asai, God, I did it. Nailed I just it. Just asked you like, right before the segment started. <laughs> <laughs> Would have been Asai. funny otherwise. You know, I'm, we should have Matt. We should have Matt and Alex, the uh, sort of co-head brewer manager yeah. thingers. Yeah, we both just have our share of responsibilities to yeah. keep this place up and running for the for the free house. And it's not just the free house, but it's the Blue Plate Group. The entire group of restaurants you guys provide all the beers for for all the restaurants which how many are there 
uh, including the eight. blue the blue barn is eight or I nine. Think so. Yeah. Yeah. So it's amount. Yeah. Yeah. So so you guys are, are pumping out a, f- a good amount of beer out of this out of this yeah. facility, right? We're about uh, two thousand barrels a year. Yeah. Right around there. I would say half of that is here in house, and half of that is distribution. So. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit about you know for for listeners that that may not have uh, have been able to come down here or any of the blue plate uh, locations and, and enjoy your beers let's let's what we do we'll start off we'll talk about your beers you guys have a number of flagships you have have on year round but you got you rotate just a really impressive amount of beers in and out on a regular basis we'll start with your with your flagships what are, what are you sure what flagships. are you best known for what do you hang your hat on um, so we have four beers that we keep on draft all year round um, and it sort of covers the basis of light to dark to hoppy. We got a Kolsch, which is kind of our lighter option, German-style Kolsch. Uh, we have a an IPA, which is called Number Two, um, and it's sort of a, a lighter-bodied, um, great flavor, hop aroma. Um, number Three Brown Ale is our English-style brown. And then number four is an Irish dry stout. Okay. So the theme in all those is they're sort of light-bodied to pair with food, keep people full on food and not beer. What was the idea behind uh, behind numbering your beers? And, you know, everybody likes to come up with, with fancy, funny names. I like that you guys do that because it make, keeps it nice and simple. It's like, give me a number three, give me a number two. Yeah. Well, like you said, I mean, we're getting to the point where we've got about 50 different recipes and coming up with a unique name for all 50 of them would be... <laughs> a bit of a challenge in itself. So, I mean, we do have a few styles that we probably won't ever brew again. Uh, like number six, I don't even barely remember what that is. But uh, I mean, it just keeps it. It takes one less do you, do thing we, to think about when we're cranking it. We're more focused on the beer recipe than coming up with a kitchen name. Well, and I gotta imagine for your staff, it's a lot easier too. With, yep. with being a brew pub, you know, all these different styles that are constantly rotating through, mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to be able to tell your uh, bartender number fifty. I want yeah, this in yeah. And then also, I mean, we do. Uh, have about eight guest taps on tap too so like anything that's numbered it's just automatically okay that's free house beer and then yeah we definitely have a few, simplifies uh, guest taps on it makes i would say it also fun. helps our guests as well uh a lot of our clientele isn't isn't in the craft beer world so people who are like oh this is an ipa i can i know what that is i can get that yeah you know. Yeah, no, I like it. It's nice and simple. It's clean. Once a recipe is assigned a number, is that does it have that like you retire that number and uh, it's it's it lives uh, there? We'll we'll go back and like tweak recipes here and there that we haven't done in a long time because you know if we haven't had on tap in a year and a half, nobody's really gonna remember like sure. Oh, now this is fifty I've used instead of thirty five. <laughs> Tastes like you did a different malt. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I mean, yeah, for the most part, yeah, like. 50 is always going to be the Simcoe IPA. 33 is always going to be the Goza. I mean, we're not going to just pull the rug out and yeah. just give it an entirely new identity. Well, there's too many numbers out there. <laughs> yeah. How many uh, How many Freehouse beers do you typically have on tap at, at this location besides your besides your 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 four year rounds? Sure, it's usually eight to nine. Sometimes we'll uh, we'll split our taps a little bit if we're seasonal heavy. We've been experimenting too much in the brewery or something, but usually it's eight. Yeah. Right now, we're kind of in one of those moments. We're about peak summer seasonals right now. So uh, we had a lot of stuff we wanted to try and squeeze in before the state fair. And, uh, like, uh, to, I mean, we have our raspberry kettle sour. Uh, we just tapped last week. We gave our hand Which at the... is fantastic. I'm that's, pretty happy with it. I'm it's the, actually the same base recipe as the, the Goza from that did pretty well at GABF last year. So, oh, okay. All right. you know, it's kind of the same backbone. But instead of doing the lemon peel, sea salt, and coriander, we went with, like, uh, a nice uh, organic... Uh, 
raspberry fruit puree. That's really good. Yeah, it's it's nice. When you uh, when you when you're thinking about you know rotating in and out, you guys do do a ton, obviously. What's the what's the thought process behind you know uh, behind what what you're gonna what you're gonna put on tap? Is it primarily seasonal in nature or is it we just feel like making this style of beer is, is it some getting creative and trying something new it, it is all of all the above, of the above. We, we were literally having this conversation yesterday uh we have our german lager yeast in the house and we just brewed a German Pilsner, and we want to do the Oktoberfest, but we have a little bit of a window to try something in between there. So we're like, I mean, what's a fast lager you can kind of do? And when we thought about doing the California Common style or Minnesota Common because we want to throw some wild rice in there. But that's basically using the lager yeast and fermenting at a warmer temperature and kind of crank it out a little bit faster. So that's something that's kind of based out of not necessity, but like, all right, we got this little window. What's the only thing we can do? Yeah. How about when, uh, I mean, I don't know how much you guys change your menus here, but, you know, if you guys are doing any seasonal menu items, are you guys ever doing any seasonal beer specifically to go with those seasonal menu items? Usually we're planning out the beer before right, the kitchen yeah, is yeah. planning out their food, so usually that's not that, that way, but, but um, yeah, that's that, we do that for, we try to do that for beer dinners that we do maybe three times a year, two times a year. Sure. So we'll try and plan around it's, that. It's funny, because it's like... We design beers, and we'll ask the kitchen, we'll be like, hey, can you make something to go with this beer? And then they're doing the other thing, and we're like, hey, we're making this really good food dish. Do you want to make a beer? So it's always, you know. Yeah. It's important to have that kind of collaboration, though, and, and, yeah. and, and that kind of communication. What about, I mean, do, do, does that extend to the other locations as well, or does that, is coordinating that, I imagine it's a little more difficult logistically. Well, we have regional, uh, like, heads of cuisine at the Blue Plate. So, like, there's about two guys, um, Jeff and Bill, that are responsible for like 50%, just kind of like what we're doing with the brewery. Um, and they kind of make a seasonal that'll fit you know, their group of uh, restaurants. So a few of the restaurants will get the same special for like a week or two. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it, the beer is fantastic. The patio is just great. I went out there. I had uh, I had dinner out on the patio before a Twins game. Awesome. The other day, and even with like all the construction going on, it doesn't feel like you're in. You know, you're surrounded. It, you do somehow. You've managed to make that patio feel nice and secluded. <laughs> I don't know how. <laughs> it's some kind of magic around it or something. Uh, but it's really nice, and it's a it's just a wonderful wonderful place to come spend a, a summer afternoon, a summer evening. Uh, get some lunch. Get Get some dinner and enjoy all the amazing beers. We are up against a break, recording on location at the Freehouse in downtown Minneapolis. Proud new sponsor of <laughs> the Minnesota Beer Cast. Thank you for that. Absolutely. Hey, Probably the smartest decision you've ever made. <laughs> <laughs> right we'll be right back on the Minnesota Beer Cast. Find us on your radio at AM 1130 and FM 103.5. Stream us on iHeartRadio. And now find us on OK Google. Play Twin Cities News Talk on iHeartRadio. Getting Twin Cities News Talk Station from iHeartRadio. Thanks, Google. From the Cremation Society of Minnesota Weather Center. And it- so uh, Mark Optoff from Chopped Liver Productions. I'm here. As, uh, is ably filling in for uh, Schmitty Shoes. Thank you so much. Uh, by the way, uh, I don't think we've had you on since the uh, St. Paul Summer Beer Fest. No, no. Uh, great job. Thanks, that was thanks. a That was a really fun event. Really good time. We, we didn't avoid the rain for, uh, let's see, this is eight out of ten years now. But, I was going to uh, say. But as always, always we always have a good time. You know, it was cool else. seeing. I mean, it wasn't that bad. You know, the rain, it, it kind of came and went once the event got started it would come down for a little bit and then go away but 
I mean, it was fun to watch because people were still out there just having a blast. Oh, for sure. Uh, I mean, regardless. You know, the recipe of combining a bunch of amazing local breweries and then national, regional craft breweries, along with some great music and an awesome venue in the state fairgrounds. Yeah. It's kind of a recipe for success regardless of the weather. So, so you're, you're this is sort of your downtime now. A little bit. Start planning for next year. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, you got, got you know, Rochester, Mankato. Yeah, Mankato's in January. That's the next one we technically have. Yeah. But so much comes between then with... Northern Lights tickets going on sale and picking breweries for that and right. stuff like that. So. How's that going? Good. You know, we... Uh, I, I mean, have you started that process yet? A little or bit. How far bit. ahead do you work on that? Uh, Juno and I were uh, out of town last weekend for uh, some Dead & Company shows out in Wisconsin. So we talked about it a little bit. I think we know at least half the list. Yeah. So, All right. Well, let us know excited. when you can start... We'll start know, teasing this leaking fall. some information yeah. here. Uh, so we are at the uh, at the free house. We have Alex and, and Matt here. Uh, thank you so much for uh, for hanging out and yeah, having us out here. Uh, always love coming here. We were uh, we were talking about you know you guys have the the four flagships and then you have a ton of other recipes. What is what's the what's the highest number you've assigned so far? What was it fifty two? Oh yeah, fifty two for the Super Bowl. Fifty two. Oh, oh okay. All right. We well, made a American Light Lager. Yeah. Just for but that. technically, Infinity was was the highest. Yeah, if you really want to get can't beat Infinity. Theoretical. <laughs> what about Infinity Plus One? Yeah, there you go. What's uh what what's one that seems to always come back up? Like it's in you know you you've recognized it's got pretty good demand. It sells uh, it sells really well when you put it on tap. The blueberry blonde. It's like <laughs> that sounds really yeah. good. It has it, probably the biggest following of any beer that we make, and it is funny. I mean, it's a good beer, but it's a beer we didn't really put like a ton of thought into. It's like light like beer, let's make it fruity, and uh, yeah, it's like the most popular beer we do in the summertime. When like so many other beers, like you know, we'll spend weeks like, all right, I really want to do this. You know, put a lot of time and effort into it, and like it does fine. But yeah, the blueberry blonde by far and away. What yep. number is that? Thirteen. All right, I uh, went to Maine back in my college years and that was the first time I'd ever had a blueberry beer. Obviously that's that's blueberry country up yeah. there. Bar yeah. Harbor I bet was the brewery yep. you probably had. Was in was in Bangor and then we yeah. went over to Bar Harbor and uh, and ordered a blueberry beer and they had the blueberries floating in it. Oh, and, wow. uh, my my college mind that was so used to drinking like Keystone Light was just blown away <laughs> by it. It was amazing. Well, I think a style like that it appeals to everybody across the the beer drinking spectrum, not just the craft beer drinker, not just the uh, the the weekend drinker uh, right. you know who maybe doesn't go to every rare beer fest on the planet you know, everybody's going to enjoy a beer like that on a patio yeah it's a wonder i mean it's a it's a great summer beer but it's a i would i would drink it in the winter huh? yeah i always like kind of you know i describe it that way but then when i actually go like grab a taster of it i'm always like surprised how much i was like yeah that is actually really good for the winter though we also have a blueberry porter that we we did two years in a row i think and that, that one sounds that really one's pretty good. popular too yeah yeah anything yeah. blueberry apparently yeah. you get customers coming in and they're like i want number 22 you know, like we haven't had number 22 on tap in months. That's actually a good number because I don't think we have had 22 in a long time. I don't even remember what that is. It's, uh, that, that's like a honey red. Oh, is that? Okay. Something like that. It's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, like I said, we were talking about the patio. We we're talking about the food. Let's uh, let's talk about your menu a little bit. Uh, we haven't really touched on that. Um, you know, we, we mentioned that you know you try to you try to collaborate. You try to work with the chefs. Uh, are your your servers? One thing that's really important is having you know that educated servers that can explain 
not only the beer style, but also good recommendations. And I notice on your menu you have certain items where you do recommend a beer to go with it. How much, how much training goes into the serving staff to be able to talk to and educate you know your customers? Well, that's uh, something that uh, another one of our brewers, Tim, and myself have worked pretty hard on uh, setting up. Uh, he just took the Cicerone exam like a few weeks ago. Uh, I took it a year and a half ago. So, I mean... Uh, between the two of us, we're both basically certain. I, I am, he will be. I have every confidence that he passed too. But uh, yeah, we make almost every front of the house staff member go through a three-hour beer training here at the free house, where we uh, talk about anything from beer production, uh, you know, analyzing a beer, like what flavors are supposed to be or what's not supposed to be there. And then yes, we do uh, beer and food interactions and explaining like what works, what doesn't, and uh, you know, just how to make a great recommendation. I, I, I always tell them, don't make a recommendation that you haven't personally tried yourself. You know, just because it makes sense on paper, like a dry stout and chocolate cake or something like that, doesn't mean it's actually going to be, like, the best possible. Uh, yeah. And, like, you know, that's such a focus here especially because, like, I, I like to say, like, I want every person to come here and kind of think of it as, like, a beer dinner, like, 24-7 instead of, like, making that a special thing. It's kind of an experience, right? Not yeah. Not just going to grab a burger and a beer. It's, it's, it's a full-on experience no matter whether you're here mm-hmm. for brunch, lunch, or dinner. Mm-hmm. That's why it's important to, to pair beers on the menu, like have a written pairing so that people can say, okay, do this and that together. That's That'd be a good experience. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think, you know, I mean, the craft beer industry has obviously exploded and, and it's bigger than it's ever been. And I do think that, you know, that creating that sort of whole experience and, and adding food to the mix, it, it has to, that has to continue. So it's nice to see brew pubs, you know, putting such a, such a strong emphasis on that because you do, you want people, you know, to come here and not only enjoy their meal, but enjoy their beer and sort of continue that consumer education process of, of explaining all the different ways and all the great ways that food and beer can go together. It's not just food and wine, you know, that's always been the traditional mm-hmm. thing, but food and beer can go together in some really unique and creative ways. Yeah, yeah we actually absolutely. had a lot of fun at the last uh, Winterfest. That was the first year they did food vendors paired with beers. And so we got to pair with our kitchen, which was really nice. We got to make a beer that paired directly with their food item. Maybe that's something Shop Liver should look into in the future, doing like a food and beer you know, thing. There may be another event on the horizon. All right. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> when it comes to those pairings, is that something that is more of a chef-driven decision is it is it collaborative i mean uh, how do you how do you it, work how do you collaborate it's been both um sometimes the chef will make a recipe designed around the beer and he's like this is what i had in mind when i made this and we'll usually you know go with it but in the past you know we'll get a list of the specials and then we'll just decide for ourselves you know like i think this will work really really well yeah. it's crucial to try each food yes. item and then drink each beer with it too especially the drinking of the beer for sure do you ever need any help going through that process no not really so we got I that. know a guy uh, i'll leave my number you know i can pop in anytime you uh you got a new beer here that you uh you brought over so, uh, yeah this is the the sample the, the trendy one these days everyone's I thought we were a little bit ahead of the game here, but it turns out we're like sixth in line to release this style of beer. Um, or the sixth person to do it. Um, you sure, yeah, tell, yeah. Us, tell us what the style a, is. It's a Brute Style IPA. So, brute Style? Yeah, Brute Style. It was kind of like, I, I think maybe it means. was in response to the, the haze, haze craze. Co- like, yeah, the haze craze and the IPAs. 
So essentially, it's a bright, a very bright uh, IPA. Uh, and the, the reason it's called Brute is because it's supposed to be champagne-like. Yeah, Joel needs one too. Yeah. It does have kind of a, a champagne-ish yeah, so yeah, look it's, to it's, it. It's higher carbonation, and uh, one of the things that we did was we introduced uh, some uh, active enzymes to the mash as well as our yeast pitch, and what that did is it just breaks down any residual sugars that are left over from the brew and turns them into fermentable sugars. So the yeast really just went nuts, and this beer actually finished with a negative uh, terminal gravity. So like, if you're not familiar with the brewing process, terminal gravity is basically a measure of the density of the beer or how much residual sugar is in the beer. So like a Russian Imperial Stout might have a terminal gravity of 6 versus a Kolsch might have one that's like 1.5 to 2. So this beer actually finished with the our best estimate, negative 0.4 because there actually is more alcohol in there than there is uh, residual sugar. So I, That's I mean, really, that's that's interesting. It, I mean, that's, it, that's the thing. It's, it's an experiment. It's very interesting. I like it. Little that. to no body. Uh, well, yeah. I was going to say, it almost feels feel like you, you, I took a sip and it almost feels like a lager. Can you guess how much alcohol is actually in that? No. Three and a half percent. Huh? Three and a half percent? Seven. Seven point five. Seven percent. No way. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> if you have a couple pints of this, you'll, it'll definitely catch you off guard. Because yeah, I mean, like I said, it, it's got sort of the mouthfeel, and it's like a lager. It feels like a lager, but it's, uh, to it's me, it's taste. like a, it's very memorable of like a sparkling ale without the yeah. heavy yeah. effervescent. That's what we were thinking. I just, I guess, in my experience, I've never really had too many examples of the Australian of sparkling ale. Yeah, so nobody. When we were talking about like That's what crazy. category we should nail this down, and I was like, what about Australian sparkling ale? But. I guess I don't have that much experience. But uh, other than that, uh, IBUs are only about 30, but it just has massive uh, flavor and aroma additions. So it should be very bright, very fruity, very floral, but not very, very bitter. No, I think you, you, you hit all those notes. That's really good. That's very different. So, you know, this is obviously a style that's kind of up and coming in a trendy style. What, what's kind of maybe down the pipeline? What's, what's the next trendy style, at least for hmm. you guys? Well, this is the first time we actually kind of rode the wave of a trend. Sure, you know, sure. Typically, we just, you know. Anything but people can look forward to for fall, though, you yeah. know, something that maybe isn't the, the flagship for, or maybe not one of the 52. Well, nice yeah, what fall are we? beer. Hmm. <laughs> We're definitely doing our, I mean, obviously our Oktoberfest. We have our German Pilsner. Probably going to do a, a Wild Rice Common. Um, what are upcoming? Oh, yeah. we Well, right now our main focus is the State Fair. So oh, we're actually going to be doing a new State Fair beer this year. Oh. Yeah. So you want no to hear about it? Oh, hold on. Unfortunately, hold on. Why, why don't we tease that? Oh, okay. We'll tease that. Tell us whatever you can. I don't okay. know how much you're willing to divulge. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. More Minnesota Beer Cast recording from the Freehouse right here. If you or someone you know is addicted to drugs or alcohol, please call this number right now. 1-800-446-7096. That's 1-800-446-7096. By calling the Addiction Rehab Specialist, you're taking the first steps to recovery. Advisors are ready to match you with a proven five-star treatment center that can help. If you or a loved one might have a problem with drugs or sponsoring the program, we really appreciate it. Come down here, enjoy the patio, eat the food. Drink the beer. What number is this? Uh, we left off drinking this uh, Brute IPA. Does this have a number? 45. 45. All right. It's good. Come down here and get the number 45 while it's uh, while it lasts. 45. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, State Fair. We were talking a little State Fair. You guys are prepping for that. I don't know how much you can or are willing to divulge. 
about your state um, fair beers, but give us a little tease. Sure. Some, some things that are safe to say, it's definitely going to be uh, the opposite end of the spectrum of anything we've done in the past that was exclusive to the state fair. All right. Well, let's, let's talk about what have you done in the past. Maybe we can sure, sure. get some clues. Uh, the, our state fair, for, state fair beer for the past few years has been a caramel apple cider. Okay. Um, and so we kind of wanted to steer away from that, even though it's very popular. Uh, we might come back to it in the future, but we decided we wanted to steer away from that. My guess is a wine barrel-aged Russian Imperial Stout. <laughs> that Perfect. seems like the exact yeah, opposite. Perfect, yeah, 90, 98 degrees fair. State Fair day. I thought I saw a tell. I thought I saw a tell when you said I saw a I can say that there's going to be barley in it, water, yeasts, and hops. <laughs> I'm intrigued. <laughs> well, that's the exciting part, though, right? you got to go to the State Fair, you got to go to the Blue Barn, and, right. and uh, yeah. try out this year's beer. We just wanted something like, basically the opposite of a wine barrel aged Russian Imperial Stout, you know, something that, you know, it's very refreshing, exactly. very light, and he's like, all right, I want more than one of these. What's I mean, the, you know, the, the idea of, uh, you know, I don't, I hate the word gimmick, but, you know, it's not like it's a pejorative word or anything, but these gimmicky sort of state fair beers, it's it's only a few years old, yeah. but as the, as the state fair come to sort of the expectation is if you're going to be... A state fair, you have to have some kind of shtick involved yeah um i think a lot of these you know state fair beers a lot of them are experienced beers and the other ones are like actually this is a good i want a full pint of them i kind of wanted to go in more of the direction of like yes i want a whole pint of this and like make it good enough to where it's like this could be around all summer not just for the state fair it still has a lot of uh you know wild cards involved with it but it's not like I don't know. It's hard no, to I think that No, I think that's the way to go, though. I mean, if I'm at the State Fair, I don't want to go wait in line for a beer for 10 minutes and, and then only want four ounces of it. I want yeah, to drink yeah. the whole 16 ounces. It's going to be hot. I want to be refreshed. So yeah. kind of right in that line of, I want to try that, but also I could drink a whole pint of that easily. Right, right, right. Yeah. I think it's cool how part of the State Fair experience has become almost beer fest-ish. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, it's it's, yeah. Uh, it's fun. I mean, for me, it makes the state fair a lot more enjoyable. And it should be a little <laughs> bit even easier to do this year, isn't there? Like a Minnesota Craft Brewers Guild station now, like where you can get yeah, pints. They're, they're out of the, uh, the, the building. agriculture building, and yeah. Well, there's a second one opening up. Oh, is there? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's yeah. like instead of just doing tasters, you're going to well, be Joe's able to go. The one we should be asking. This. <laughs> yeah. Joe lives at the state fair for ten days. <laughs> this uh, Joe, friend of the show, Joe Fal- Falkowski, been hanging out. Hey, good morning. Thanks for stopping by. <laughs> Thanks for. Lift Bridge, another brewery that makes a fun uh, state fair beer. In the yeah, mini donut. Uh, mini donut. We, I guess OG. I guess, huh? OG. Uh, the the we, original state fair. We, I guess, we set and bent all the rules and broke them and then get you know. <laughs> every time, every year, we seem to do something different, and the fair kind of comes down and says, "Ah, let's not do that again. Let's try and change this." So, so, so what is the new? There's uh, a so second the, station. Yeah, um, it's on the north. It's on the north end. There's a new a new complex up there, and um, it's going to be. Uh, it's basically the guild north. Um, we're still trying to kind of find it, find out. It, we won't have the. It won't have the same setup or the um, the same. Uh, Systems that it was before with like lots of rotation. I think you're going to find more and the flights and stuff. I think I think there'll still be flights, but there'll be full pints, Um, and I think it'll be more. What's the word I'm looking for? More readily available. I, I you know, accessible, accessible ones. Um, I know, I know they're uh, they're trying to do some of the bigger names just to kind of have 
um, it's less going to be more like flagships as opposed. Yeah, to I think so. I think so. Um, it, rather than. Um, rather than trying to do the rotation thing and um, have to curate that list, that, I mean, because it's a it's a big job to to change over all that stuff down in the um, in the ag building and stuff like Absolutely. that. So, no, I think that's good. I think it'll be fun. Now, we wanted to uh, bring you on, Joe, because you've got kind of a, a a cool thing that you're working on that you wanna we wanted yeah. to share with our audience. Once you, yeah, I, cool I'm. Uh, I, I well, I know you think that. <laughs> um, I. If anybody that knows me knows that I love beer and I love hockey, <laughs> and if you follow him on Twitter, it's at Joe Likes Hockey. Yeah, that's that's I, you're you're a rarity in Minnesota. Yeah, it's yeah. I know odd. I I feel beer like and hockey. <laughs> How odd! I feel like the black sheep around here, but. Uh, <laughs> um, I, you know, we've for years we've tried to do these like beer guy skates where we just get a bunch of guys from different breweries, get together at a rink, you know, rent some ice, throw some sticks, um, and just have fun, uh, kind of break the barriers of competition and just kind of, you know, like you could be on the team with the guy that you can't stand because he sells, he, you know, he's out selling you in every account, but you're, you know, setting up sweet passes on the ice with him, and, you know, it would, um, and it just seems like we've done a couple of them and it's like in true beer guy fashion. Oh, I can't make it. I something came up. I mean, they're telling you like. 20 minutes before the skate you're like damn it i got money on this so i decided i decided to take it a step further and um wanted to throw a hockey tournament so we're doing a uh it's it's the first annual lift bridge puck off um yeah it's three on three hockey three on three uh, uh for charity yep we're uh, the money go the money is uh, each team is sponsored by a brewery or whatever and um the money goes to the shine a light foundation which uh, paul martin that uh, plays for the san jose sharks and was a former gopher um, Minnesota native yeah go gophers <laughs> Can you get a Whatever. Go Gophers out of you, Mike? Or Mark? What's no, your name, Mike? You'll never hear that. <laughs> I don't cheer for the goofs, you know that. <laughs> um, but and, I'm happy uh, to support the cause and have a team. I'm just going to stack my squad and hopefully win this <laughs> tournament. <laughs> and it's it's going to be fun. And the, the cool thing is, is it's at the lumberyard in Stillwater, which is directly across the street from our new our new build site, uh, where our new expansion's oh, cool. going. So okay. um, in future years, we'll be able to have the you know just walk across the street to the brewery in between games, grab a couple pints, and then uh, you know um, so make a weekend be, of it. It's July 14th. July 14th starts, uh, at, 10 starts at 10 a.m. Peak um, hockey season, from what I understand. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's Easier to get ice time in the yeah. middle of in the middle yeah. of July. <laughs> uh, so and free to it's free to yeah right? fr- free to attend. Come on out, um, and if you uh, you know if you want shine a light, uh, shine a light will be out there. They um, you can also go to shinealight.org shine a light and it's a seven for the t um, dot org and they they will be you know you can take make donations there. Come out, um, watch a bunch of local breweries battle it out on the ice and well, should uh, be fun. How many and, teams? And, uh, how many teams are you looking at? There's eight, yeah, uh, eight teams. The slots all filled, or yes, ish. There's one spot that's kind of in limbo still. We're still working on it, but okay. um, there's a, a one distributor, um, our, our distributor, College City, that actually covers that area for us. Um, Liftbridge, Shells has got a team. Uh, Mark's got a team. Um, Alaskan. Alaskans, Alaskan, Surly, Insight. So we're uh, we're gonna have some fun. It sounds like a, a great event. Well, great in, cause. In, in the spirit of donating money for the charity and raising awareness, and I mean, we're going to have a lot of fun, but it's it's also to raise awareness and to raise some money. Um, so Chop Liver is going to, for people to come out on July 14th, uh, the, in, in honor of the number seven of Paul Martin, the first $700 donated to uh, the charity, Chop Liver is going to match it, and, and hopefully Excellent. we can get uh, a couple other breweries to maybe step up and match $700 awesome. as well. Uh, but we're definitely going to match $700. So come on out, watch 
some hockey, have some fun, drink some beers, support this awesome cause. It's going to turn into something really, really big and really I awesome. I hope so, yeah. So. I'm going to get some hate calls. Like, oh, you're going to call me? I could have had a team. No, thanks for putting it together, man, because it's going to be really, really fun. Hey, you know what? There's always next year. Yeah. Right? I, that's, What's the date on that again? July 14th. July 14th. The day after my wife's water. birthday, so. All right, man. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for sharing them with the listeners. That's awesome. Uh, we are uh, about out of time. Matt and Alex from Freehouse, thank you so much. Yeah, our pleasure. For, uh, Thanks for coming. For having us out. Uh, excellent conversation. Yeah. I always enjoy coming it's out here. It's fun talking to you. Going uh, to enjoy a nice meal here in, in a few minutes. Anything else you want to plug? Any, any upcoming events? Anything you want to promote before we wrap up? Suppose what's the next big thing coming up? Is next big thing is All Pints North All for Pines us. All Pints North, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a few weeks away. Yeah, that, we'll be there. Okay, it's one of the best beer fests of the year. Yeah, yeah it's, really looking it forward is, to it. It's a great time. It's a great event. Uh, that's up in Duluth. Uh, actually, if you, uh, we talked about that in the first segment of the show with uh, with Blacklist. Uh, so uh, so check that out. All Pints North. Thanks a lot, guys. Really appreciate thank it. You. Thank you. We'll be back next week with a brand new. Thank you, Mark. Yeah, absolutely. I almost closed the show without even thanking you. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> I didn't do that good of a job. So I didn't really probably deserve thanks. We'll be back next week with a brand new Minnesota Beer Cast. Cheers, everybody. The fact that I like to drink beer. This little song is more to the point. Roll out the barrel and lend me your ears. I like beer. It makes me a jolly good fellow.